Let's pray. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. My rock, my redeemer, my strength, my all in all. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been doing a sermon series on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We've been doing it so much. One of my Pentecostal friends said, you might be a Pentecostal. We've actually, but it's true. I mean, well, not being the Pentecostal, but we have spent time on the Holy Spirit. We have seen that God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who brings you to faith, who has you repent and confess Christ as Lord and Savior. It is God, the Holy Spirit, who once you are saved, then sets you apart, sanctifies you. You have been dressed with the robes of Christ Jesus, those holy, pure robes, and now you are to live a life not like the world, but a life unto Christ. And then it is the Holy Spirit who equips you for works of ministry who gives you these spiritual gifts. And indeed, that's where we left off three weeks ago. The Holy Spirit who equips you. And there was so much in there, I didn't want to try to cram it all in. So I said, we're doing a part two. So today is part two. And there are two basic questions that we have been taking a look at. How have you been, or how are you being, equipped for works of ministry? And how are you using your gifts for the work of ministry? These are two central questions. That it's not an academic exercise, brothers and sisters. These are questions you really need to grapple with to be able to answer for yourself. So last time, we spent uh, our time in Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans, working through what the spiritual gifts are, what they mean. Now, today, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in both situations, in both letters, Paul really lays out the foundation for spiritual gifts. Rather than just jumping in and saying, okay, here's your spiritual gifts, he lays a foundation. So let's take a look at that foundation that he lays. We begin with our text. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So the whole... the. First Corinthians, they lived in a very pagan culture. And in pagan cultures, with their pagan religions, anything could be of God or gods or of the universe, right? There's a lot of people nowadays who say, I'm going to you know, shout out to the universe as if the universe can respond. It's kind of like Star Wars though, right? You remember Star Wars? May the... Force be with you. See, you all know that one. 
And on May 4th, it's the big joke. May the force be with you. I don't know if you know this, though. There's actually a religion that has started from that. It's called Jediism. Right? So what is this force, this thing that they are praying to or worshiping? Paul says that would be a false idol, a really a mute idol. He says, listen, Holy Spirit, has you confess Christ as Lord? And also, he is then laying the groundwork that spiritual gifts must glorify Jesus. The spiritual gifts must glorify Jesus. See, here's the situation. In Corinth, they were speaking in tongues, but it was a... Uh, it was gibberish in, in many ways. People couldn't understand each other. So it wasn't actually speaking in tongues from the Spirit. And it certainly wasn't about glorifying Jesus. It was about glorifying themselves. Oh, look, I'm speaking in tongues. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, you don't speak in tongues? Oh, you must not be as spiritually as advanced as me. By the way, this idea still finds its way very strongly in charismatic circles. You must speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you aren't even saved. But what you find is what passes for tongues, and it's really not. It's not about glorifying God. It's not about glorifying Jesus. It's about saying, look how great I am. And that's self-glory. So he's laying the groundwork here. Everything that we do, including spiritual gifts, needs to honor Jesus. If an experience or religious experience does not honor Christ as Lord, then it is not from the Spirit. So he lays this groundwork first, and then he goes a little bit further. He writes, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay, I'm going to simplify this in some ways and show you a little graphic here. Okay? So, Left-hand side, you see varieties of gifts, service, activities, but the same Spirit, Lord, and God who empowers them in everyone. This simplifies it a little bit, but I want to make sure we're clear on what these words mean. So when we take a look at the word varieties, actually the better sense is distribution. There is a distribution of gifts. And I kind of like that because it's more about what the Holy Spirit distributes or gives you or that you receive rather than choosing or trying to pick which ones you want. So, there's a distribution of gifts. But even if we take a look at variety, meaning, uh, you know, a variety, a difference, um, a, a, a different number of gifts, we see that there's still a unity in these gifts. The Holy Spirit doesn't just give a hodgepodge of gifts. 
that aren't connected to one another, because it comes from God Himself, remember we talked about this, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, because all gifts come from God, ultimately there is a unity of, in, the, in these gifts. So it says that there's variety within the unity. So if you get somebody who says, I have a spiritual gift, and they're doing something that is against God's Word, that's not a spiritual gift. There's going to be a unity within the, within the gifts because there should be a unity within the body. All right, so that's what varieties means. Well, gifts. We talked about this three weeks ago. Gifts is, comes from the word, the Greek word charisma. And really, it's associated with the word grace. And grace is a kindness, a favor, that which is freely given. You can't earn grace. You can only receive it as a gift. So when it's about receiving a gift, it is the favor of the Holy Spirit who gives you a spiritual gift, empowers you, equips you for works of service. That makes sense? So, God the Holy Spirit has freely given you a gift of grace. And you don't get to choose which one you get. Okay? It's not like you go to a store called the Holy Spirit gift shop and say, oh, well, today I would like a little bit of exhortation, a little prophecy, and a little bit of mercy. Oh, could you make it to go? I'm kind of in a hurry. You know, it just it doesn't work that way. It's the Holy Spirit who gives you a gift. Paul makes this very clear in our reading, verse 11. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. So this would say that if you go to a school for spiritual gifts, and by the way, there are certain heretical churches that do have schools where you can learn to get a spiritual gift. Do you get how this is totally wrong? That's like going to the store. Look, if I have to, if I have to be trained to get a gift, it's not a gift. It's the Holy Spirit who does that. And if you get a gift, you're expected to use it. So the next word is service. And by the way, in the original language, you could also say ministry. If you take a look at these words, service, ministry, sometimes can be used interchangeably. Now, the actual word, by the way, service here, had the sense of serving tables, literally waiting on tables. But this is the ministry, the waiting on others that we are called to. You see, to be in ministry is to be of service to others. To be of service to others for the sake of Christ Jesus is to be in ministry. They are interchangeable. And the point is, though, that you are to use those gifts. Do you remember, uh, if you were here, 
three weeks ago, I talked about the guest towels. Do you remember the guest towels? We grew up, we had guest towels. And they were the special ones that were only to be used for guests. Don't touch them. And the conundrum was, if you were then a guest in somebody's home, were you, could you use them? And the fact is, a lot of guys, we were like, I don't know, so I'm going to use my shirt, right? <laughs> okay, so you'd see a lot of men coming out of the bathroom with wet shirts. As a matter of fact, um, uh, Jan McNally uh, gave me some uh, napkins that have this on it, and I thought it was great. It says, these towels are for show. Please use your shirt. I mean, talk about timing. I actually, I, I, I do. I, I have them right here. So, but, but, but that's perfect, right? That's how we all think about spiritual gifts. Like, oh, they're, they're special. I, I, I shouldn't use them. No, use them. Use them, use them. Now, some people don't want to use them because they think they're going to mess up and they're not going to get the right result. So let's go to this next word. Activities could be better translated as results or effect. Although we perform function with the spiritual gifts, who actually creates the result? God. It is God who creates the results. We are to be faithful in using our gifts and trusting God to have the results. It doesn't mean we slack off or anything like that. It just means as we're being faithful, we trust that God will create the results needed. So let's just make this really simple, okay? All gifts of the Spirit of God ultimately glorify Jesus. A variety of gifts are distributed from God for results for the common good. So we are to use our gifts for the body of Christ Jesus. That's the foundation that Paul lays. Now let's get to the actual gifts. It says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, let's be clear. Paul isn't listing them in any particular order. There's not a hierarchy here. And he's not trying to give a whole systematic approach to all the spiritual gifts. In this, uh, behind the sermon notes today, there's a handout. It's also online for those who are online uh, under our, in our website under the resource tab, uh, under sermon notes tab. It lists the spiritual gifts. And you notice that they are not all listed all in one spot, that they are spread throughout. So what Paul is really saying here is we are all given spiritual gifts for the sake of the body. So in a moment, we're going to take a look at three of them a little bit more in depth. 
Um, I want to mention that I am relying a bit or leaning a bit on a fellow named Jeff Carver. Jeff actually has a website in which you can take a spiritual gift assessment. It's actually uh, on your handout there. And I found his assessment pretty easy to use. Uh, I, I thought it could perhaps be a little bit broader in scope, and I might quibble here and there, but overall, I think this might be a good starting place for you. Okay, so now, we're, the first spiritual gift we're going to go with is faith. I wanted to do this because we also have a sermon series coming up on faith as well. So I thought it'd be a, a good tie-in. Faith. Faith, it's, first of all, it's not to be confused with saving faith. Everybody who confesses Christ as Lord and Savior has saving faith. And faith itself means a trust or confidence in God. So people who are given the spiritual gift of faith have a very strong trust, a very strong confidence that allows them to live boldly for God. If you want the pantheon, the the whole list of those in faith from the Old Testament, just go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 11. And you'll see all of the people who lived by faith. Now, people who have the gift of faith, though, really take God at His Word. They expect God to move mightily. They aren't surprised when He does. They aren't surprised that He actually does answer prayers or performs a miracle. So how many people have seen the movie Faith Like Potatoes, just out of curiosity. Okay, one. All right, we got one. So Faith Like Potatoes. It is uh, based on the real-life story of a South African farmer from Scotland, originally, named Agnes Buchan, B-U-C-H-A-N. So, Before he was saved, before he had faith in Christ Jesus, his life was not good. Uh, The first part of the movie shows a bit of that. He he uh, he was rough. He fought with people. Uh, His marriage was pretty much um, self-destructing. But his wife encouraged and persuaded him to attend a church service. He did not want to go. But there were other farmers there who gave their testimony of Christ Jesus. And he came to saving faith. And he really just started to read the Bible. There's scenes in the movie where he's just like taking time out. He's in the middle of a field and he's just reading the Bible. About all the miracles that God performs. And he has faith in God. And there are four instances where he prays in faith and God answers in a miraculous way. And I don't want to give away the movie, but it has to, one of them is it has to do with potatoes. Believe it or not, faith like potatoes. See, there are people who have this confidence, this faith, this unshakable faith that God 
hears your prayers and He answers prayers. If you have faith like that, encourage others. Encourage others. You might think it's not a special gift. It is. And it is one that lifts others up. Spiritual gift of faith. Now let's talk about another one. Spiritual gift of mercy. Now I covered this just briefly back in February, but I want to go a little bit in depth here. Mercy is one of the essential qualities of God. You're going to find this in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. This is God declaring who he is to Moses. And then Jesus in the Beatitude, Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So this word mercy, it's a really rich word. And it's hard to get down into just one little tiny word. It could mean kindness, loving kindness, goodness, grace, favor, pity, compassion. It could even mean steadfast love. And so if you have the gift of mercy, the spiritual gift of mercy, what you're doing is you're really walking alongside other people who are in times of difficulty, who are going through trials or tribulations, and you're able to walk with them and be compassionate with them. See, the Holy Spirit gives the gift of mercy to some in the church to love and assist those who are suffering and walk with them until the Lord allows their burden to be lifted. So it could be how the gift of mercy might show up is you might be one of the people who really reaches out. You've seen that somebody hasn't been here for a while. You reach out to them. You make sure that they're okay. That you ask what they might need. And sometimes what people need most is a good listening to. So an act of mercy might be that you simply sit and listen to be with them. Not to try to solve problems or anything else, but to walk with them through those difficult times. This truly is a gift, and it is a precious gift. And so if you have that gift, use it for the sake of the body of Christ Jesus. It truly builds one another up. Now I'm going to do a gift that's not listed on your sheet. That's different. And you wouldn't expect it. But it's there in Scripture. It is craftsmanship. Craftsmanship. So it's about the ability to work with your hands or communicate God's Word, God's work, God's love. So you actually can find this in in Exodus chapter 31. And I'll just read uh, verses 1 through 5. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, 
the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with the ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. So, oh, and I see I did a copy-paste, and that's not the definition there. So, craftsmanship, let me give you the definition. It's the divine enablement to creatively design or construct items to be used for ministry, or the divine enablement to communicate God's truth through a variety of art forms. So people with this gift, they work with their hands, and they can design things out of wood, out of metal. They can help beautify the church. They might even use it for Uh, writing, for art, for music, for dance, captivating people with an artistic message of Christ Jesus. So you might ask, though, what's the difference between being good with your hands and the spiritual gift of craftsmanship? Well, let me share you an example that might help. So a man came across three masons who were working at chipping granite from a large block. The first seemed very unhappy with his job. He was chipping away. He looked at his watch all the time. When the man asked him what he was doing, the first mason said rather curtly, I'm hammering the stupid rock and I can't wait until it's five o'clock so I can go home. The second mason seemed more interested in his work, was hammering more diligently, and when asked what it was that he was doing. He said, well, I'm molding this block of rock so it can be used with others to construct a wall. It's not bad work, but I'll sure be glad when it's done. The third mason was hammering at his block very fervently, taking time to stand back, admire his work. He chipped off small pieces until he was satisfied that that was the best he could do. When he was questioned about his work, he stopped, he gazed skyward, and profoundly proclaimed, I am building a cathedral. See, there were three men all doing the same work with a different attitude. One understood that he was working for the glory of God. Spiritual gifts. You have all been given spiritual gifts. Each and every one of you has been given a spiritual gift, all for the sake of service or ministry, right? To the body of Christ. So two questions to dig into. How have you been or how are you being equipped for the works of ministry? So how do you figure that out, right? You kind of go, I don't even know what my gift is. Well, first of all, pray. Right? We expect God to answer prayers. Pray, Holy Spirit, guide me in what my spiritual gift is. So really, come before God. The second is, search for what energizes you. There are things that you do, probably naturally, that energize you. 
So the Holy Spirit isn't going to give you a gift that drains you and kills you. Okay? Third is take an assessment. So you can take an assessment. That might help you. You can also meet with me afterwards and we can talk it through. Ask others. This is probably the easiest way to find out what your spiritual gifts are. So I came into ministry, right, full-time as a pastor, much later in life. And I, when I made the momentous decision of to enter seminary, right, I had to, I had to tell people. So I, I called my, my parents, and my mom said, well, we knew that. I was like, okay, maybe you should have told me sooner. But they already knew that I should go into ministry. And then try some different things. Short term, just try some different things. So how have you been or are being equipped for ministry? And how are you using, how are you using, uh, by the way, one of my gifts is not proofreading, as you notice that, right? How are you using, it keeps things light, doesn't it? Five years and 10,000 typos later. How are you using his gifts for his glory? And think about that. Using your gifts for his glory. So this doesn't mean you have to be a super Christian. Doesn't mean you have to go in ministry full time. Means however you are designed and gifted, you can be faithful even in the small things. And allow God to work at you, through you, in your life at his pace. See, my journey to ministry, (laughs) I was the mule being pulled along by God. You know? But be faithful in the small things, glorifying him. And to this, we all say, thanks be to God. Amen. 